Hemshechayim Beis, or volume 1, or middle of discourse 33, up to chapter 133. That's page Reish Nunzayin 257. Example in Elam Hazan, in this material world, for the way the process of how God employs God's process that He employed to create, and uh, obviously taken into account, not just an example, the process of creation on Earth is a uh, manifestation and reflection of the process of creation above Earth, meaning the divine process. But what's beautiful about it is that we can actually look at something and observe it and learn from it exactly the way the process of creation. And even more beautiful, I think, and eloquent is the fact that all everything we've discussed till now about how from a divine, uh, indivisible, all-encompassing reality, which is bligvul and beyond bligvul, ultimately shapes an existence that is so structured and defined like our own. So it all began with a discussion of the two types of energy. There's the finite energy, how God wills and manifests divine energy in a confined, targeted, focused way, which is tailored to each defined aspect of existence. Or better put, it's a defined energy that shapes each part of existence. Um, so anything you see that is structured in this world is rooted in this divine energy that is so we say, God, as soon as you say, with ten utterances, with ten expressions, God created the world, it means God is beyond expression. He's beyond ten expressions. He's beyond even Breshi's Bara. And yet he chose to express himself in these words. Now, when God speaks, he creates, unlike we, unlike our speech. So this, the utterances themselves, the Maimaras themselves, are what shape. He er. Okay, so there's air. That means there's an air in God's speech, which means there's an air in God's energy, basically. And God, so if you use ourselves as an example, it means God's mind, He envisioned air. Day two, He envisioned Rakia. And actually envisioned all these things, and then they, they manifest in what we call time and space as we know it. So, really, the beauty of it all is to realize that the world as we understand it, if you strip it from the parameters and the limitations of time and space as we understand it, you end up having a divine image of the structure of existence. This is its purest form, air primi, air mamala, imminent energy. In its deepest root, it's called the ten hidden spheres. That's prior to the Simpson. Obviously, it's a far cry from there till here, because that is how it is in its root. Then there's another energy called air habligvo, or transcendent energy. This is compared... If the if imminent energy is like the example being the faculties, the energy that is, let's say, the power of vision in your eye, the power of sound in your ears, the power of uh, speech in your mouth, the power of wisdom in your mind, the power of feelings in your uh, heart. So the transcendent energy would be desire. And a lengthy explanation is much earlier on, in the 40s chapters, 40s and 50s, the Rebbe Rashab explained how Ratzon is different in many ways between Ratzon and Kreches. Ratzon does not have a local local 
uh, a location. It does not tailor itself to the things it desires. It commands rather than instructs. And all the other differences of Ratzon, which is all an example for the Ratzon Elyon, infinite energy that's higher than the ten hidden spheres. And this is just an energy that flows. What's its role? Its role is just revealing the desire of the source. It's a desire. Kili Ha'etzim is what he calls it. Let's call it the expression of the source. Whatever the source wants to express. Okay. Then he asked the question, what's the purpose of this? You have to say this also has a purpose. Even though its purpose is not creation of the world, because it alone cannot create, because it's not tailored, it will not create a structure. It only desires the structure. So because it's also Gilirutseni, which means it's not forced, God does not have to have any desire, so he doesn't have to have Erablikvul either. So you have to say if it's there, it also has a purpose. He says the purpose of it is to create Bittl in the world. So the, the imminent energy, the tailored energy, like the instrument is the, the easel, not the easel, what do you call the, the paintbrush, the instrument, the stylus of the artist, creates existence and the structure of existence and, and the entire hierarchy of existence. And the Er Habligvul, it introduces Bittl, because it's an energy outside of existence, so it introduces the force of this divine source, the divine source itself, which is beyond and higher than existence. That was discussion up till page um, page chapter 129. Now, in history, these two energies are exp- are reflected in the difference between the Aveda of the Ovis, the patriarchs of Ram Yitzhak Yaakov, and the Aveda, and what happened by Matan Terra. So the Ovis, what they did was, primarily they aligned the existence that was living in darkness. It was a pagan world that was denying a relationship with God. Idolatry is what reigned. Avram's father himself was an idol idol manufacturer. And um, what they did was, starting with Avram, he began to bring light back into the world. Like in the Basilagani, he began to bring the divine back divine presence back into existence by showing living a life and being a living example and educating and teaching a generation his generation how to align and understand that existence as you know it is really divine energy so what the others primarily did was building Kalim Kalim for Elokos so it's really connecting, reconnecting it to the Esosphere Sagmuzis you can say that was their primary role. Obviously, there's also a taste of bligvul in any work you do, but that was the primary goal. Martin Taylor came, which we haven't even really discussed at length, but just briefly, he has touched upon it, because we're still in the middle of the others. Martin Taylor came to introduce a chiddush, a new energy, the energy of bligvul, the, the, the transcendency from the Ratzon that's higher than the structure of existence. I know we guys, as I say many times, we've gotten spoiled. We right away jumped to Bligvul. So you think almost like the others, what they do already. Big thing, Gvul, anyone can do that, right? No, not everyone can do that because we don't even do that. Imagine that every detail of existence, every fiber of existence is aligned with God. That's Erha Gvul, that's not even Erha Bligvul. So that's a pretty good, nice picture. That would be Mashiach, actually, if that's happened. Yeah, but God doesn't want only that because that's still limited because God is not limited by His structure. So compared to Erhabligvul, Erhagvul, even in its highest level, Esesfir Zagnubis is still 
Yesh Ma'ayin. Still, uh, still not the ultimate. So there's even a higher level of Er HaBligvul, which is God in His infinite presence, and not even defined by ten spheres. So you could say the Aveda of the Ovis, the work of the Ovis, was primarily aligning the spheres, the world with the spheres, and all the way to the root, the necessary segmosis. And Matan Teirah would come and introduce a whole other dimension that would, even, that, would, that would basically transcend even the structure of existence. Okay? Um, now, where we are now, and this is where we go to the example. So he began to explain this, that this is the difference between Havaya and Shaddai. That says that God revealed himself. Tavrom Yitzchak V'yankuf Bekel Shaddai. She says, even the Havayas that they were revealed to them was also through Shaddai. Shaddai captures the meaning of the defined divine energy. Shaddai, Dai. Sha'amar Dai. The breaks, basically. As he explained, the Gvur of Hashem. So Chesed on its own, Eirein Sof on its own, would extend endlessly. So God has to say, Shaddai says, stop, enough. Which is essentially the, the regulation of the flow which in essence is the Eir HaGvul that we're talking about, that I've been addressing. So Shadi is just a name for that energy, for that level. Havaya, on the other hand, the Havaya that is that was revealed, that was not revealed to the others, that was revealed by Matan Torah. And even before Matan Torah, there's a taste ready to Moshe Rabbeinu, at the end of by leaving Egypt, that reveals a level that is Eir HaBligvul, and that we have not yet elaborated upon. But we just mentioned it. Okay. That's why by Matan Teir we say Anoichi Hashem Elakecha. He has the questions. We didn't answer that exactly what those three levels are, but just suffice to say. But we go. We, but to appreciate Havai, you got to first understand Shaddai. As obvious, you cannot appreciate Bligvul if you don't know Gvul. It's like they say. Uh, I think the Rebbe once said, someone got drunk. You know, Purim it says Adelayada. But first you have have to have Yada before you have Adelayada. People who have Adelayada without Yada, not a big achievement. You know, any fool could have that. Anyone can say, ah, beyond knowledge. Have knowledge and then reach beyond knowledge. That, that's, what, that's what we're talking about. First fill up the cup, and then it spills over. You can't just spill over before you fill it up. Even though we all like the shortcut and say, hey, if we're going to Bleakville anyway, might as well just take the express train. And what do I need to um, go through the stations? But you don't go through the stations. It's, you, you will not have earned it, and you will not really enter. When the Avos went to Yeshiva, uh, and they didn't have... They, they who? Written when who? The Avos went to Yeshiva. Yeah. Uh, you know, they went to Shemba. You know, yeah. they, they, they didn't count the word Yud Vavke at all. I mean, it was, it's like he said, but it's a Yud through the prism of Shaddai. Of course they had... Trust me, their Gvul was probably more believable than we'll ever achieve. But relative to the Bligvul of Matan Torah, it wasn't. It's all relative. You have to remember. They were Ovis and Amar It says in time, every second, 24-7, they were aligned with the source. That's pretty good, I would say. You know, so they're, 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 don't worry for the Ovis. The Ovis are in pretty good shape. We've got the issues here. The point is that the beauty of it is that God is not even limited to that. That's the point. With the Ovis, with all they've achieved, it's still not Atmos. You know, obviously. Not Erha Bligvul in the fullest sense of the word. So, um, you know, you could ask the question, why do we need the Erebligvul? But that goes back to what I've discussed many times, because God wants a full relationship. If we only have a relationship with the artist, with, through his art, through this one piece of art, you don't really have a relationship with the artist. You have a relationship with his art. And he wants a relationship with him, with a full him. That's why we need the, the Erebligvul, just for the record. But that's important to state, because someone can say, what's wrong with just saying, you know what, it's pretty good. Let's just figure out godliness within existence. It's also quite a, a, an achievement. 
not a small thing. But and then there's of course God Atmos beyond Ligvul too, which of course unites Gvul and Ligvul. But let, let's go back now to the Ovis. So that's Shaddai and Havai. Okay. Now to continue to explain that, the, the Rebbe Rasha brings the Posik Erzeruel at Tzadik. When it says that Avram, that Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov began to bring light into the world, the expression used is Er Zerua. It's in the beginning of chapter 131, the word Zerua. And this Er Zerua, which literally means the implanted energy, is obviously requires some explanation. What does that mean? Because if you think about it, it's like a contradiction of terms. You don't plant energy, you plant seeds. You plant items, you don't plant energy. Once you plant a seed, it can elicit energy. But there's no, what's Erzerul at Tzadik? So the literal interpretation of Erzerul at Tzadik, the energy that is implanted, that's endowed to a Tzadik. But to understand this, the Rebbe Rashab goes into the example of what Zriya is. What is this thing Zriya? So this is, I find it, I mean, I've been thinking it over and reading it again. It's unbelievable in my opinion, because it really dissects the process of going from a, a, a refined state of shapelessness, literally yeshma'ayin, the real science of yeshma'ayin. Yes, the science of yeshma'ayin. Because most of us just think yeshma'ayin, okay, it's a miracle and that's it. Well, what can you do? But it's not. You see the yeshma'ayin that we experience in life. I'm not talking about yeshma'ayin that God created the universe. Let's talk about the yeshma'ayin that we experience, the birth of a child, the birth of any, uh, of any birthing. Every seed planted turns into a tree. We just honored two bishvat, Rosh Hashanah So it's a big thing, Lanus, you know, things growing. Day three of creation said that God implanted a power in earth that it should create. So he gave power of creation to existence. Fine, you could say some places in Chassidah says it's not mamish yesh because it's from a seed, it's not poof. But still, relatively speaking, it's a pretty good example of yesh ma'ayin almost. Does seed retract before it gives... It, 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 it deteriorates, it rots but what's the difference? but without the seed ra- let's put it right. rotting alone, just like rotting alone is not going to do it you need a seed that rots <laughs> someone say, what do I need a seed? I'll just rot and then something will grow it won't work that way <laughs> you need a you, you always need a you need, you need a you know, you need a you need a scapegoat <laughs> Someone asked me yesterday in Shul whether, uh, what, how do you reach Bitl Mitzvahs? So I said, but you've already reached Bitl Hayash? You know? So he said, no, but he's learning about Bitl Mitzvahs. He wants to know. So I said, you can't get to Bitl Mitzvahs without Bitl Hayash. That I can tell you. You can't jump from Yash to Bitl Mitzvahs. And for you, Bitl Mitzvahs is Bitl Hayash. Start with that. He wouldn't accept it. But anyway, what can I tell you? You can't have a Bitl without first having something to be Mavat. Okay, so... It's maybe healthy to have your yesh, figure out how to align it a bit, and slowly grow and climb. Um, or, or the opposite of growth. <laughs> anyway, so but let's go back to this now. So, so here, we're going to learn from this that we can actually get a taste. And this is what God wanted. He wanted us to have an understanding of how He creates. You could say, why do we need to understand how God God's a creator? We're not creators, we're creatures. Why does a creature need to know how creation takes place? The answer is again, because he wants a relationship with us. He doesn't just want a creator and a creature. He wants us to a partnership, a marriage. And a marriage requires that we understand the creation process. And in some ways we become creators ourselves. This is a critical point that I'm saying right now. 
Because you could simply say, well, you know, we're creatures, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll do what you want us to do, we'll understand a bit. But he wants us to understand, and that's why even the chedushim, that only shaykh ta'atmas, only creation, even creation alone is also, he wants us, as much as we could understand, obviously, there's always going to be elements of mystery. We're not denying that. And that's also part of the picture. The bleak vul of it is always going to remain beyond us. But as much as we could understand, is critical. You know, the Rebbe once asked the question, if anyway the Torah is it's bleak vul. So what's the point? You know you're not going to figure it out anyway. So what's a little, little more, a little more gvul. So you know that one to a trillion is equal to infinite. So what are you going to do, from one to ten? But that's not the way it is. The same God that created infinite created finite and said, if you climb from one to ten, I'm giving you power to reach infinite. You say, with all your might, with all your ma'id. Your ma'id may be different than mine. You go beyond your capacity, may not be, for me, may not be enough, or the other way around. But when you go with beyond your capacity in quality, you've made that shift. So God gives you ma'id amiti. That's what Siddha says. Because it's not about measuring quantity, how much you've done, it's about how much effort you've made. If you had to go out of your comfort zone and achieve something, that has much, as much value as the quantity itself, if not more. That's in Perik Tezvav and Tanya, where he speaks about 100 times, 101, what's Avaida. Which is also understood, even logically, it makes sense. A person who made the effort, and you know they've worked hard, if you're a person who's sensitive and values, you're not going to measure how much they achieve, you can measure, look at how much work you put in. You know, again, I'm not talking about in a capitalist um, economic environment where all you care about is is, is the product and uh, and quantity. I'm talking here also value of um, of human effort. So I wanted to say one thing about this creation because it helps understand this. In 1972, when the Rebbe turned 70, Shvivim Shana Shnasa Shivim, as they called it, so the Rebbe said a very big chiddush, and that uh, that. I believe, I definitely put it into my chat, in work and productivity in the book, Toward a Meaningful Life. The Rebbe, both in the letter that he gave out then for Yud al before Pesach, and also in the Fabrengen, you know, brought a point that many people are writing him letters that now that he's turned 70, time to retire. And that he's achieved so much, and he should be proud. This is 1972. You know, with Babich was not, but it is today. 1970, yeah. Um, so the Rebbe spoke about it. The Rebbe said the famous line then that you don't measure age by the passport, but you measure age by energy and by a person's uh, aspirations. And, uh, you know, the whole concept is completely ridiculous that God gives you every day. It's on the contrary, the older you get, the more you have to achieve, more power you have, spiritual power. But then the Rebbe said the following. He spoke about produ- basically about human productivity. It was very fascinating. So he brought the famous Pasuk, Adam L'Amli that man is created to toil. Amal, Amal. Human beings created it's created to toil. As the Gemara speaks, whether it's Amal Sicha, Amal Torah, Amal Malacha, but bottom line, Amal. Uh, effort. The Rebbe asked the question, why? Why is a human being created to toil? What's the, what's the, what's the, God could have made us that we should have our rewards without toiling. So, of course, there's also the other Gemara Yerushalmi that says that when you get something without effort, it's Namadich Sufa. It's bread of shame. You're ashamed. And Odom Reitzibah Kav a person wants one measure of their own. More than nine measures of another. But the Rebbe said, and this is only the Rebbe, you find only the Rebbe asks such question. He says, who made this nature? God made the nature. So he could have not made it this way. He could have made that you should want nine measures, and it shouldn't be bread of shame. That you should get reward and get gifts, and not feel embarrassed. Why did he make it this way? You know, 
So his answer was, the answer is, is unbelievable, a beautiful answer, unbelievable answer. He says, because God wanted us to be like Him, to be creators. If we were getting reward, if we were getting gaining without effort, we would always be receivers and never givers. He wanted us to be creators, and to be creator, you have to. You have to that's why. That's why you have more pleasure in creating, because then you are like God, who's a creator. An unbelievable word. Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Which really teaches you how, to what extent. He brings even from Yaakov. The Medrash says, "Ma'hu ma'avicham bar elmas, ma'ashemash rather, ma'ashem bar Just like God created worlds, afavicham, your father also created worlds. Meaning Yaakov. So you have the the Mishnah, the the, the Zohar. Istaka baraisa bara alma. It says God looked into the Torah and created the world. Kach barna, same thing. Human beings look in the Torah and they makayim the world. They sustain the universe. So we see here all that elements of creation are in our grasp, and it also helps us understand how God works. So it's critical for us to understand the process. <coughs> There's also an expression since I'm already on it. It says, You know the expression? That the actions of tzaddikim is greater than the action of creating heaven and earth. So Chassidus asks, how could you say such a thing? I mean, we, we do great things. Mitzvahs. Tzaddikim greater than creation? And the answer is, because creation is yesh ma'ayin. You take from ayin, you made a yesh. And tzaddikim do greater. They take a yesh and they make it into an ayin. So God made a yesh out of an ayin, and they can take God's yesh and turn it back into an ayin. That's even a bigger achievement. Anyway, to go back now, so now to understand Erzerua, which is the work of the Ovis, the, the Rebbe Rashab asks a very critical question. He asks, how did it get from Esosphere Hagnuzis to Esosphere Hagluyus? That's the big question now. How can something, in the artist's mind, we're talking about God's envisioning, I'm going back to the Er Hagvul now. So God envisioned the structure of existence. How did that actually become a structure? So we could say, yes, it's a miracle, but that's not what we want. We want to have an understanding as much as we're able to have an understanding. So he's saying to understand this, God gave us an example. He implanted in this world examples of how creation happens. And the example he uses here is actually an apple. That's why I have the apple here. Apple... Specimen one. Everyone agrees it's an apple? And watch, you're going to see it disappear, you're going to see the Dvar Hashem. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that would be nice, right? Yeah. That would get some people's attention. But if you look closely, maybe you will. Maybe some of us. Yeah. Okay, so here's this apple. So he speaks about the example of an apple tree. Why an apple, I'm not sure, but why not? It's as good as any. Of you're yeah, yeah, he's going to say, and I'm going to sum it up now. I'm summing up basically, we learned these two chapters, but there's a lot of nuances, and I just wanted to sum it up in simple English as best as I could. So here's the story. What We have several factors that create, that allow for something to grow. Remember, Zerua is the word, Zerua, Zeria. There's several factors. What are the factors? Not in any particular order, I'll just spell them out, and then we'll. So we have, of course, the seed. This apple grew on an apple tree. The apple tree, there were seeds, apple seeds, that turned into an apple tree. Even to go back to the first seeds, God planted the first apple seeds in the, in the Gan Eden. Tacha Aretz Desha. Fine. So, we're not, I'm not discussing now the matter whether we, whether, we, whether we do it or it's planted by God. That's going to come soon. So, a seed. Second thing is you need earth. 
Earth has some type of a mysterious power called Kayach HaTzemeach. You put the same seed on a table, you can water it from day to day till tomorrow, nothing's going to happen to it. It needs to be put into Earth. Earth has what's, what we're calling here Kayach HaTzemeach. Kayach HaTzemeach. Um, when the seed interacts with this Kayach HaTzemeach, which is something you can't find in the Earth, a seed is tangible. It's important. The seed is a tangible container. The Kayach HaTzemeach is Ruchniistic. Something is in the earth that that causes it to happen. I'm getting. I'm not going now into the science of that. How it's in the earth that needs to be discussed. He doesn't get into that. He just says it's there. When that interacts, and obviously I'm, I'm, he doesn't mention here, but it goes without saying that it has the right sunlight and has the right environment, and, and, and there's watering and all that. You will, it will sprout and will slowly turn into a sapling, and then to finally into an apple tree, which will yield an apple that you can take off. You make a blessing on it and taste it. Now, this apple, here's the question now. This apple has, he talks about taste, but the Friedrich Rebbe, I should include, add, some of what I'm saying here is taken from the Friedrich Rebbe's explanation of this Ayin Beis in Tavshin Gimel. So in 1943, in Shavuos Maimorim, the Rebbe Friedrich Rebbe took these Maimorim of the Rebbe Rashab that we're learning now and elaborated upon. So some of what I'm saying, I looked, I learned there, I saw some additional nuances that are very important. So the question is like this now. Same question we just asked. How do you get from Esosphere Sagnusis to Esosphere Sagluis? Remember, Esosphere Sagnusis is, is, in God's mind, a type of spiritual vision of existence. You can't even really use the word spiritual. I'm just using it because I don't have a better word. Ethereal vision. Esosphere of Asilis is, is a real structure. Not physical as we know it, but relative to the God's ethereal vision, it's a, it's a, it's a substantial structure. This Chachmen, Klea Chachmen, Ere Chachmen, Klea Chachmen, Ere Habina, Klea Habina. It's a divine man, basically, in that syllabus. The question is, how from there to here? I just want to read the words exactly as he asked the question. He says like this. Echu is Savas Esosphere's that syllabus, Mesosphere's Agnudus. It's, I'm reading page, page uh, 254. Okay, and he explains why because Atzilus is conscious wisdom and conscious knowledge. God is beyond Chakim He's beyond knowledge. How does from beyond knowledge and beyond Chachma come to Chachma? And he says even more. As the ten hemispheres are called lav in and urin. There's no air there. There's no energy even. There's no revelation. Think of it like the faculties within the soul. So he says two levels here. There's the faculties within the soul. That's like a kudim. Ten energies in one container. And then there's the faculties that are the soul. The soul carries faculties. That's even a more abstract level. So how from a state of that amorphous, ethereal state comes actual faculties as we know them. That's the question on the table. Do you need me to explain the difference in Esokeches HaKlulim B'Nefesh and Nefesh Nesokeches? I did it in a previous class. But basically, even the ethereal state itself, you can say there's, let's say, the Kav or the Kudim would be more, we already have a container, so you have the faculties, but they're more in an unconscious state. Think of it that way. But there's something that you can define as faculties. Then there's the nefesh that doesn't even have anything, but you know that it contains the potential for... Uh, think of it, the artist before he envisions the ten spheres and the artist after he envisions it. 
you want to put it that way. So bottom line is, how does that happen? So he answers this with example of, he says, So now, here's the question on the table. This isn't just, the difference between this, this apple, the tangible apple, and um, where it's rooted, which, as I said, there's a seed planted in the ground that has a kayach tzemeach. There's a very big jump from that to this apple. Here's the jump. Number one, uh, the seed doesn't look like an apple. It doesn't taste like an apple. It doesn't, uh, doesn't have any of the properties, the color of an apple. See, here he only uses the tam, the sikus, sweetness of the apple. But in the Frida Karebi, he elaborates that's also the color, and it's also the shape, and it's also the tangible apple itself. None of that is in the seed. So where does it come from? And we know without the seed, this would not exist. So, and there was no other ingredient that was, that was included into the mix. So if you trace the steps to the seed, how would it from a seed become an apple? I wish I had a little apple seed here. I would if I bit into this and found it inside. But we all understand the point. So it's true, the seed is, is something gashmizdik, but how does the seed get to this? And he brings the point, he says, a seed, if you taste a seed, most seeds can be tasted, he said, they're not edible, which as opposed to the apple, which is edible. So you have an edible item came from an non-edible item. And number two, the, 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 the seed is not, doesn't taste sweet at all. If anything, it's probably bitter. Or as I said, non-edible. So how does it happen? Now he, qual- he, he eliminates all the possibilities, he says. Could it be that it's coming from the Kayach HaTzemeach, not from the seed? So he says, with Kayach HaTzemeach, doesn't have any sweetness altogether. If you, open, if, you, if, you, if you took the earth around where the seeds are planted, and you taste it, you're not going to taste anything. You're going to taste earth. So even if the Kayach HaTzemeach, because he brings another opinion that somewhere else it does say that there were people who were able to tell from the earth different properties, even if that's the case, it's not, doesn't taste like an apple. It's just that from the earth, it has some spiritual properties that are similar to what will later become an apple tree. So regardless of how you twist and turn it, there's a big, there's a big quantum leap here from whether it's seed to apple or from Kayach HaTzemeach, the power to, to, to give, to, how would you translate Kayach HaTzemeach? The power to sprout, the power to, to grow. To grow. The growth power within earth, basically. I mean, there must be a word for it. The earth has what? The earth has a vegetation, the power of vegetation, the power of... Nourishment. Yeah, some type of generative power, yeah. And nourishment is not the right. Okay. Okay. So that's the question. So now, the answer comes from a Geras HaKedush. This is one of the last things that the Rebbe wrote. So he writes there that the actual physical apple, that something physical come, comes from the, uh, what he calls it, from the Kayach HaTzemeach. That's God's power to create, that he implanted in earth, that gives the power to create something relatively out of nothing. But then he says, the sweetness of the apple, however, comes from the mazel. So here's the answer. The There's no blade of grass, and of course includes also an apple tree, that does not have a mazel 
that strikes it, or, uh, or what was the other word we used? Prods it. Prods it, energizes it, right. And says, make, makes it grow. So what's the role of the mazel? Stimulates. Yeah, stimulates. What is the role of the mazel? So now we have now a third thing is introduced into the picture. A mazel. So we have the power of growth. That creates the pure yeshes. That's no difference between an apple and orange and anything. But what creates the sh- what gives the apple its particular shape, color, taste? That comes from the mazel. Because the mazel has spiritual sweetness in it. This is the new, this is the chidosh here. So God didn't just create something and say it's a mystery. He said, before we get to material sweetness, we start with spiritual sweetness. And he gives the example of sweetness. Also, for example, you hear a beautiful song. It's called Mesika Shebenigin. Mesika Shebenigin. Or Mesika Sheber Seichel. And there's sweetness in Seichel. This is the role of the mazel. So now what do we have here? Now we have a third element. The, the, this, the power of growth, the generative power, is what creates the actual physical apple. That's a kayach yashma'in that only God has, and he implanted it into earth. He also implanted it actually into, uh, into a woman, which is the power to be able to, to carry a child. He says this also in Malchus, in Malchus, the Bet Na'im, the mother's womb. So the womb of the mother is similar to earth here for all practical purposes. Okay? Um, and we're there too. You need a seed that's implanted, in, impregnated and implanted in the egg, in the mother's womb, which in turn gives birth. But now there's a thing called a mazel. What's the mazel? The mazel has personality. So the mazel cannot create an apple. You need the kayach etzemeach for that. From the vine. What can the mazel do? It can give it the sweetness that it gets. So it begins with spiritual sweetness, and when you dress it up, as he puts it, nisgashim, v'nisave, nisave nisgashim, when it thickens, and materializes, it, the spiritual sweetness becomes physical sweetness in the apple. So that's where this... this so what is the, what is, how does this relate to Esther Sphere Sagnuzah? So here's how it works. God could have created... The ten spheres without the ten, ten hidden spheres. He could have just said, I want ten spheres. I, mean, I want apple trees. I want orange trees. I want the structure. But then the question would be, does it make any sense? Why is this one sweet and why is this one bitter? Why is this one red and why is this one yellow? All the different the, the elements of structure. We'd have no way to understand that. It would just be a miracle. That God threw in, so to speak, a, a, a general seed, planted into the, into the ground, and it suddenly sprouted oranges and apple trees and this thing and this, and you have ble- a multitude of creations. That would basically render the creation non-logical. At least the logic as we have it today. So God said, no, I will first create ten hidden spheres. That's like the mazel. I will create archetypes of sweetness and bitterness and red and blue and green. Archetypes. They're ethereal at this stage. They're like the mazel. But from that will evolve, with the right tzimtzumim, the right concealments will evolve an actual physical apple that is sweet. Same thing is from ethereal faculties that are completely beyond any structure, with the right evolution, they will ultimately turn into ten tangible spheres. That's the answer that he gives. So what he really added here was a step stepping stones that allow us to understand the process to some extent. It's not just a a, a, a quantum leap. There is elements of Chidushir, of course, but there's also elements of Gilead Helam. Remember we learned at length that Atsilis is not just some new entity. Atsilis reveals to us 
God, the ten hidden spheres. So when you look at the painting of existence, the painting reveals to you what's in the mind of the artist before he created it. So it leads us to understanding spiritual sweetness and understanding spiritual, for that matter, bitterness and spiritual blue and spiritual red and whatever the spiritual counterpart of every aspect of existence. That's chapter 131. Everyone understood this? Before we go on, that's why it's critical to understand. So what we've added here is that we have a process. A process of how, of how a structure emerges. So the physical elements of the structure, well, we can't say physical and atzilas, but think of it, the tangible elements of the structure, that comes with the kayach etzimeach. That still needs a divine power. Because a mazel, no matter how much it evolves, nothing ruchnis is going to become gashmis. But the personality of the tangible element, whether it's sweet or bitter, the colors and so on, that does relate to its source. So you can say the body... The, the body of the existence, that's a creation that needs divine power. But the shape of the body, in other words, what personality it has and all its features, that can be traced into Mamish Lifnei HaTzimtzum, before the Tzimtzum, into the divine mind that envisioned this piece of art. That's the spheres of Genuzas? Yes, that's the ten hidden spheres. Is, is everybody follow so far? But now comes something, so, so, an, okay. a new element. Not in that, in the case of the aspect. It adds the tziur ha It adds the mazel adds er pnimi. Basically, er makif, which is the keichet semeich, the transcendent energy, has the power to create, to create something that wasn't there before. But, um, but it's the er pnimi, which is the mazel that has the ability to shape and define the shape and elements of this particular structure of existence. That's called the mazel. What? You could say Chaymer and Sur, you could say, he doesn't use those words here, but you could say that, yes, you could say the pure form. In other words, if, if God wanted, to, if God just planted Kayach Etzemeach in earth, what you'd have is, um, well, well, no, what you'd have is the power to create, but you wouldn't have distinction between apples and oranges and, and the pears and, and, and so on, and whatever, I mean, watermelons, etc., etc. Hold on, hold on a second. So what God did was, he planted seeds, yes, but the seeds are rooted. I'm not talking about the seeds now. I'm talking that he planted as a mazel, and the mazel has distinctions, and those and, and tells each particular seed what it should do. But one thing is missing in the equation, which we're going to move now into the next chapter, and that is what's the role of the seed. This is all nice. We have the power of the generative power of Earth, which is the creation. We have the shape and form, which is the cult, which is the sweetness, the actual apple. Um, which is rooted in the mazel. That's like the ten hidden spheres, right? What's the role of the seed? That's the question now, the role of the seed. Before I go there, let me just add one more thing, which I was very interesting with the Friedrich Rebbe writes in Tavshin Gimel. <clears throat> it's a critical point as well. So we've established that the ten hidden spheres is like the mazel. So it has in it a similarity to the ten revealed spheres because they're both sweet, but this is but they're completely two different. This is a sweetness in spiritual. This is a sweetness in the physical. Well, Natsil is not physical. It's called the tangible. This is a sweetness in the ethereal, intangible. And it's the Kayachet Sameach, the power to create, that actually turns it from Rugashmis to Ruchnis to Gashmis. But you have a similarity. The question now, how far, how deep does this similarity go? So here's what he says. He says, the mazel itself now, 
is it defined by being sweet? The answer is no. Sweetness is only an aspect of it. You cannot say that the mazel is defined by it being sweet. Same thing with the ten hidden spheres. The ten hidden spheres have personality, but you can't say that God is defined by this, by this personality. He chose it. Let's go back to the example of the artist. When an artist who has infinite possibilities to create art chooses one of those possibilities, which is in this case like the ten spheres, and someone looks at this one and says, you know, this one, does this reflect the artist? It says, no, it reflects part of the artist. But it's only harder. It's only a reflection. This artist has infinite other possibilities. So even if you look at the ten hidden spheres, which are in the artist's mind, compared to the infinite possibilities, it's a chiddush completely. It's like yesh ma'ayin. It's another radical, another radical leap. So you have here two leaps going on here. See what's happening here? One is that from infinite possibilities becomes ten spheres. That's only ha'ara. Then from the ten spheres, which hidden spheres, from spiritual sweetness comes tangible sweetness. And then there's of course the creation of the actual object, which is yeshmayin. That comes from uh, the power of the divine power to create. So the Rebbe, Friedrich Rebbe, adds an interesting thing. He says, when you look at the apple, if the apple turns sour, I mean, in other words, turns bad, actually. A sweet apple turns sour. Mm. A rot, a rotten apple. He says, it's not just a reflection of the apple that's being affected. The whole apple is, is, is destructive. You eat it, it can hurt you. He actually says that. He says, but the mazel, it's not that way. The sweetness in the mazel is not reflective of the whole mazel. It's just, an, it's just an, a reflection of it. So in other words, once the sweetness manifests in the tangible apple, it, become, it defines it, and it's part of its personality. But in the spiritual realms, it does not define it. It's only helpful to understand, because remember we talked about Atzillus being both Gilead Helam, it reveals the ten hidden spheres, but it's also Yesh Ma'ayin, Chachma Ma'ayin There's an element that is beyond the divine, because it's only a reflection of an Alakuz that is beyond Gvul altogether. That's why this is relevant, okay? Now, in chapter 132, he goes on, what's the role of the seed now? So he says, the role of the seed is the kalim. Till now we spoke only air, we didn't talk about kalim. Now what does kalim mean here? Kalim is what gives this tangible reality, that's tangible. We mentioned Kayach Etzemeach, because you could, you could still say, there's still a big mystery here. You, all you taught us, you could say till now, is you showed us that the sweetness of the apple doesn't come from nowhere. There's a spiritual state of sweetness that comes from. But what about the tangible element of the apple? That popped out of nowhere. So says, no, it didn't pop out of nowhere, it popped out of a seed. And this is where the seed comes into play. The seed also has a root all the way up. And he says the seed is rooted in the keli of Akudin, first in the keli of Akudin. What did it come from? That there was an energy flow that returned, it left an impression, and that became a container. So a seed is rooted in that container. And where is that rooted? In the Rishimu, in the impression that was left after the Tzimtzum Arishim. It's a repeating process. Right, exactly. So now we also can trace the Kali element of the fruit, not just its sweetness and its personality, we also can trace it upward all the way to the Kaya Chagvul, the name safe. The Kayach of, of, of containers now. We're not talking about Erhagvul. Erhagvul gives something its personality. It's sweet, it's bitter, it's red, it's blue, it's tall, it's short, whatever the personality of existence may be. The, the Kayach Agvul, the power of Gvul to create containers, gives it tangible element. A, a yellow, uh, a, a, a tangible apple is not an ethereal apple. But it doesn't jump also. God made it in a way that it would also not be a pure miracle. 
he gave the power to plant the seed. The seed is the beginning of what would become an apple. Now you could say yes, but the seed doesn't have sweetness. Okay, so the sweetness comes from the air, from the mazel. That's correct. But the, but what it does have that the seed has similar to the apple is tangible. They're both tangible. So there's kalim all the way back into the root as well. So you have everything going on here. You have the tangible element that has a root all the way to the top, as far as you can go. The personality of the apple has a root all the way into the ten hidden spheres. And there you have an eloquent picture of how Yeshma'ayin takes place. And how, therefore, the, when we look at existence now, right now, down on earth, not at Silas, and you look at everything that exists, you have the tangible element is because there are seeds rooted in containers, and more level, higher levels, higher levels, all the way to the highest level of containers, which is the first Rishimu, the impression after the Tzimtzum, the letters of the Rishimu, that's like the letters, and the personality of existence, the Tzura, what shapes different things, different colors, different tastes, different different uh, images, and so on, different structures, that is defined by the Eris, that go all the way to the ten, ten hidden spheres. So you have as best as possible, uh, 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 able to visualize how structure of existence is rooted through a process. It's not just a, a quantum leap that makes no sense. There's a definite process and a process that evolves step by step by step. Because even a seed, as you see, doesn't just turn into an apple tree. It takes time. The proper nurturing, it grows. So what we have here is actually a, a assembly line that we can retrace. We can follow the steps of how we came here. Everything that exists here has a place where it's rooted all the way to the top. So is a mazel is the air? In this case, mazel is like air, yeah. Like the air, esosphere, sagnosis, yeah. That's what he's calling it. That it's not a tangible element? Right, right, exactly right. But it has personality. But it's spiritual personality. Seed, it bring, brings the, the, the tangible element into it. What's the definition of mazel? I don't even know. I mean, it doesn't mean luck. It doesn't mean good good fortune. Mazel, uh, the, the word Chassidus used mazel is from the word nezlim min halavonin. We said it before, mazel. Mazel, nezel means to uh, drip or flow. Flow. So mazel really would mean a, a, a the source of the flow, basically. Essentially, that's what a mazel would say. I mean, we say kachov mazolus. We say stars and uh, constellations. Uh, I mean, technically, there's names for mazel. But if you talk in the deepest root of it, mazel here for sure. When you say that uh, everything has a mazel lamaila, a mazel sometimes could be described even as an ambassador, like a sar, uh, a, uh, like a type of spiritual ambassador, like the, like Yaakov's mazel or yes, Esau's sar. You have to simply see it. You have to say, see, there's twelve mazolus. The Gemara says every month has its own mazel. What is the mazel? Mazel is a predisposition. It's an, think of it like an energy flow. If uh, if existence orbits twelve months, so each one, each each segment of the twelve has its uh, personality, so to speak. So the month of Adar is a personality of dogim, personality of blessings, of simcha. Month of Av, antithesis of it, is an energy that is of uh, more somber and more uh, despondent type of energy. So every month, the month of Elul is Psula, Virgo is uh, basically a month of love. So, so when we say month, so even in I mean even in astrology they have this this idea of energy. It's energy flows. So think of Mazel as an energy flow. I would say it's an energy flow. It's probably the best way to define it actually. He said that the Kav is Mazel. He brought he brought he said that where did he bring that? That's. 
Well, uh, I mean, you have to know where you're speaking. Where was the where was the where was the kav mazel? You remember where it was? Remember? Which? I want to see that a second inside. Do you remember where that is? It must be in the last chapter that we learned. Yeah, it's about two thirds, one third of the way down, the line sort of bow and patriation of both. How does the line begin? Bow, the Omer, Kabbalah. You do the Kavnik Mazel, right, exactly. Okay, so one second. So the Mazel is the Kav. It's always Er. Mazel is the Er that creates shape and form. And the Rishima is the containers that create substance. And then immediately goes on and talks about Mazel and Eric Ampin also, and etc. Keeps on yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it works very well. It's it's really a very beautiful imagery. I was thinking this is a perfect thing that you can make a real um, online animation of. Imagine taking a seed, planting it, you know, showing showing and showing each step how that is in Ruchnis, with the Rishimus, like this, even this image, called Esav Asad, Amdud Shoyim Al Karka. Like when God created, so they all stood at the door of the earth. What does it mean? The opening of the earth, like right about to sprout. That's like the Rishimu, like he says. So that's Erzeruah. So now Erzeruah, we have basically therefore two interpretations in Erzeruah. Let me sum this up. Erzeruah literally means energy that's implanted. So if you talk about the Mesikos, the sweetness, it's the mazel that implants itself in the earth... You're not silas. And that's the Erzeruah. On one hand, it's Er. So that's where the sweetness comes from. On the other hand, it's planted. And therefore, when it's uh, Nesava, when it thickens, it's, it's, the, it's the tangible sweetness that we have in Atsilas. That's one interpretation. Another interpretation, that the Erzeruah is talking about the energy within the containers. That the actual tangible element of the fruit comes from what? From the from the Kayachet Semeach. But it doesn't come from the actual power of the creation, of the generative power. It comes from a reflection of it, from the air of it. The air of the Kayachet Semeach. So it's air Zeruah. So he's interpreting it both from the tangible element of the apple and both its personality are both, can be interpreted air Zeruah. So he says, pri. <laughs> Also, the containers of Atsilas from the Kalim of Ak. Now, what? That through the Rashim, through the impression of the Kalim of Akudim, it becomes the beginnings of an actual tangible and concrete uh, container, containers of Atsilas. Yeah, one Kali, right? He says Kalim of Akudim, but he says that. Doesn't he? <coughs> It probably means the level of kalim there. I'm not sure. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean many kalim. So is there three or two? Now, this parenthesis is what I left a little hanging, but I think it's very clear now. If if you're talking about the interpretation of Erzerua, you're talking about the energy, how the mazel, the sweetness of the mazel affects, informs the sweetness of the apple, then you're talking not muhus le muhus. You're talking about er. Remember we said it's not like water traveling. 
from one place to the next. It's 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 like it's like light and energy, and energy does not get diminished. So it's not muhus muhus. It's not a new personality. It's not shefa. Right. It's not shefa. It's air. If, however, you're t- interpreting Erzeru on the seed, on the power of the container, the Rishima, the impression, that becomes the seed, that in turn becomes a physical apple, then it's muhus muhus, because you actually now have something that was not that was not uh, at all tangible, and become now tangible. So this is, what he says, is kalim. So the kalim actually evolve like 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 shefa, not like air. It's not like it says in Kippet that the... That each, that the establishments of uh, the Kalim, the Tzibos, Mahus, Mahus, because Blimah can have a, a Sashos of the various. Uh, Blimah is said on air, not on Kalim ever. First of all, Blimah is an expression for energy, not for Kalim. Well, nevertheless, isn't Russian Mahus, Mahus, and Kalim, I don't know, you have to show me what you're talking about. You're just saying words now. I mean, that's the Tanya. Okay, why is this important to establish? Because the mystery is far more in the tangible element of the tree, of the apple than its personality. Personality, you know, you could say from the spiritual evolves to the more tangible sweetness. But that there should be a physical apple or a tangible apple compared to a seed and a seed compared to that which is beyond the seed all the way up to the Rishima is more of a, a, a bigger jump, so to speak. No, the energy flow, air diminishing is far easier to relate to than Kalim going from jumping from level to level. That's that's because that that because at the end of the day, that's why it's more Yeshmaim. Exactly, Kalim is more Yeshmaim, and air you could say much more Gileahelam, revealing the concealed. This is critical because the whole meaning of he's basically really summing up things he discussed all the way earlier in this example of this with the seed is basically that's what it's coming down to. Now he said one way, one place. Where did he say? That the kelim of akudim is more than. Okay, right. He basically said at one point he said that the seed, yeah, the jump from from Rishima, from the impression to a seed is much deeper than the jump from a seed to an apple. That's obvious because a seed is already a tangible thing. You know, seed you could say, yeah, how does a seed get into it become a, become a full sweet apple? So the seed together with the mazel works, grows, right? It grows, but it's a bigger jump from, to the moment of conception is a far bigger jump than from conception to <coughs> development. That's what he does add it as well. Okay. I hope this was helpful. <coughs> Help me. You're in the stage with C where it disintegrates. So. Well, he doesn't bring the element of disintegrate. I was thinking about that. He doesn't bring that element, but it fits very well. Because for the C, it just adds to the to the systematic system here. For the seed to become a sapling and become ultimately a tree, the seed has to lose its personality. Because if the seed is still a Rishimu, 
an impression from Eir in Akudim, or impression of Eir before the Tzimtzum, it's not becoming uh, Tzilus. It needs to, that needs to be eliminated, essentially. It needs to deteriorate. One second, may, maybe that's Shvirus HaKelem. Maybe Shvirus HaKelem. Can you say that that's Shvirus HaKelem? No, but Shvirus HaKelem is, is, is chaotic. No, it is Bitla, I understand, but, but that's a very good point. In other words, the Keli of Akudim has to, in some way, lose its personality in order to become a Keli of Atzilus, essentially. Like a seed. But he doesn't say this here. I looked around, I was looking for this, I was thinking that would be like the final, because that would finally explain how you actually get an apple. Because if the seed did not deteriorate, it would become, how does a keli of akudim suddenly become a keli of uh, atzillus, with it still maintaining the power of akudim? So it has to lose its power, essentially. In an interesting way, a seed is far more powerful than the tree. Because a seed, in, in this little element here, you have concentrated everything. The tree already is a is really a, 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 definitely a, a full-blown manifestation of it. But the seed is far more, more... In concentrated energy, the seed is far more powerful. And remember, the seed probably has elements that the tree will never even uh, 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 um, contain. Because they, let's say weather or other factors may not have brought out certain elements of the seed that potentially could have been brought out. So the seed is a very powerful state. So that could be where you have ten energies in one seed. Like Let's think of it like this. Look at the fragility of a of a conceived seed, a fertilized seed. You know, as you do something there, you can cause ma- massive damage because it's in that state. It's so concentrated, it's so subtle. Everything is there, but it's in its purest purest form. Yeah. But what I but the Tavshin Gimel helped me a lot because in Tavshin Gimel, what he does there, he elaborates on a lot of pieces here that are very very critical. You could see that this was. A ver- you know, and Friedrich Rebbe is the son of the Rebbe Rashab, so I have no doubt they discussed this. So when the Rebbe Rashab said this, Friedrich Rebbe elaborates. I actually marked up the Friedrich Rebbe's editions. It's a fascinating study, Tavshin Gimel and Ayin Beis. I never saw, seen anywhere how he, literally, how he changes things, how he adds things, elaboration. It's tremendous. But this, the tangibility of the apple, are you saying that it's only coming from the seed? Well, the seed plus yeah, yeah, for so sure. What I wanted to say is that so because, in other words, as I said, you put the seed on the table, right. nothing so happened. That's why I'm saying that 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 seems to be one of the, the critical aspect also. It's God's message to us. The critical aspect is the koach is also tangibility. Uh, see, the thing, the problem is the koach tzemeach is ruchni. Why is it ruchni? Why I don't understand that. I mean, you can't find. What do you mean? Dirt, you can't find. No, 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 not earth. We didn't say Adama now. We didn't say earth. We said the power of growth, generative power. You could have earth without generative power. God could have created earth and didn't have anything. I don't know. He could have. All I'm saying is that in the. Till day three, he didn't. But you started by saying that if you took a seed. And if you put it on this table and water it, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. You put it into a physical thing, which is called dirt. We call it dirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. It so interacts with the kayach tzemeach in the dirt. And it, right. But, 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 but it's... Tzemeach is making it sound very... Uh, you can tell it's not ethereal. It is ethereal. ethereal. But uh, to a biologist, to a biologist, Rabbi, he's going to say, what are you talking about ethereal? you got you got nitrogen in this you got molecules of this and this and this, and if without those specific nutrients, molecular nutrients, that's that's a physical thing. You but can the, measure it, we can see it, it exists, and if we take it out, the proof is if we take it hey, out... Hey, by the way, it's, it's a very good point. It's a very good point, but, what, but one step he's not going to go to. What gave nitrogen and not oxygen the power to generate 
That's the question. Okay. You still need a co- power. You still have this physical. No, no, that that only helps. That's fine. I'm not that, I'm not denying that. But first of all, nit- nitrogen is as distant from the sweetness as the seed oh, is. So the sweetness. Yeah, we're not talking about the sweetness. We're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I got you. What you're, he, he, it's true. He doesn't say that here. Here he speaks more like in the Gersa case. He says, "Koyach et semeach, who etzim yeshes hapri." The etzim yeshes hapri, meaning the actual substance of the tree, comes from the koyach et semeach. Yeah, and the sweetness comes from the mazel. So I agree. Koyach et semeach. What you're saying is, even though he doesn't say nine bays, koyach semeach is not just purely ethereal. It manifests in nutrients and other elements in the earth. But I would, uh, just to add to the equation, I don't think, even if you had those nutrients, right. you put them in a dish right. with a seed, it may not work. You may, there may be a mysterious element only in earth, even without the nutrients. Can they, can they emulate it without earth? I mean, there's hydroponic growth. Okay, okay. In water. But you know, you, you, I'm out of my element here. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just wondering. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to the issue involved, because even if you say that it could be emulated, then basically they're taking the power of the earth and putting it on a plate. That's all you're really saying. They're not creating earth. Right. So I'm fine with that. that it doesn't change, but what, what, what are you adding with what you're saying? What's your... What I'm trying to say is that this mysterious element, it seems like they're saying three partners in creation. There's the, the sea, the ground, the dirt, the ground, and the muscle. One gives it sweetness and personality, which is muzzle. The koach at gives it its form, its free itself, and the seed gives it, I guess, what fruit? It, the fruit itself. The thing, oh, the thing. Uh, no, let, let, let me let me let me clarify. Let me clarify. He, I, I have to read it again, but I don't think he spells out what the koach at is in Ruchnius. He spells out that the seed is definitely the Rushimu, the kalim. He spells out that the mazel is definitely the ten hidden spheres. It seems to me the koach at is the divine power that just like, like the electricity that that, that just streams. Hold on, hold on. The catalyst. That's what it is. The muzzle was what the fascinating that's thing here. No, no, but no, no, but the keichet semeach. Sure, that's the God part. Sure, it's because. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can, can, I, can, you, can we just slow down a second? Can he come and say that the sweetness of his apple, apple, the Rebbe talks about sweetness, comes from a certain. Actually, he does say it at the end of the chapter. Now that explains. Now I just got it. He does say it. Let me, let me, I'm going to read the end of the chapter again because. Kuf Lamed Beis, 132. The bottom of 256. The same thing you could say in the emergence, the creation of the containers of Akudim, which is the impression that we spoke about before, that came from the energy. Also from the thickness of the energy. This is like the growth of or the creation of trees and, and fruits that comes from the the generative power in earth without anyone planting anything. So for example, weeds, they're things that grow without seeds. So he's saying now there's a level of anything of, of, of growth without oil without a keli. So the air, when it was receded, it became the reshim, the reshim of that air, that impression, left something that gives power for things to grow. And it's only in Atsilis where you really begin with the ziyah of actually planting seeds. So in Akudim, you still have a state. Let's see, let me see from the Shaloya de Zriya, Shetchila. 
מסבר מתגשם, מקייח את צמח, שיר השאירון והפרי, ואת זה צמח מציר ספרי. Then the beginning created a מתגשם was materialized from the power of צמח, which is not physical, שיר השאירון, the root of the tree and the fruit, and through this it grew the, the actual fruit. That's what I was thinking. That's what, that's what it looks like. So the first seed came from God, basically. God said, like like the beginning of creation. Before there were farmers, before there were people, God said, day three, I am giving now power to the to the earth to make things grow, and things started growing. Apples, trees, and then all kinds of trees. But I thought he created a tree first. Wasn't it the first the tree rather than growing? It's an already mature tree? I think both. He created, it says they created both. Tachar, Desha. I think if you look at it, it says right, both. No, both the egg and the, 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 the chicken and the egg were created together. That's for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's fine. Because if you create a tree, create a tree with seeds. It, it doesn't really matter what you create. Because that proves that, though, that the tree, full-grown tree already that was created. Tree yeah, fine, fine. That's not a problem. It's was, was a, a different kind of process of its creation because it didn't come from the natural system of from the koach of the tzemeach and the and the and the, and the it, it did come it did come but it just came immediate it came immediate that's all it didn't take time hold on 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 but the tree was definitely created with seeds let's put it this way it doesn't make a difference because God said on day three he could have pla- he could have planted seeds in there or he could have made a tree what difference does it make either one is is is, is his creation but both are not natural at that point because you need someone to make put it there. And at this point, it's not natural either because we're being recreated in all every well, second. It was simultaneous. Simultaneous, right. but they're all not both natural in the natural system. Natural. What, what, you mean, what's not natural? Because it takes a tree time to right. grow. That's why. Okay, fine. So that, but that doesn't change the the, the element of it. So, but but, he, he, but the expression is he gave the earth power to generate, regenerate. Okay, one second. That is essentially that's the Rishima after the Tzimtzum, or the Rishima by Akudim. That's what he's saying here. She gave Isaiah to me when she said, "O kamoi kein be'savas akelam she'er mizgashim aydei hamshacha v'asiluk atzenas is kli." Calls in a pale shum shini by a mucker claw. Come she says, "In a shum shini by kechet zmech shel chot zmech aden shir." Okay. Okay. I thought I, I was looking for something else a bit. It sounds to me that the kechet zmech. Regardless whether it manifests in nutrients, as you said, whatever the earth's nutrients are, the power that power, whether it's that power in the nimshal here in the moral, the kalim of the seed, the mazel is the personality, which is eirus and kalim. You have to say it's the it's the divine energy in in, in all of it. That's flaw, that, not the mazel. No, the the tzeich in earth that's for sure that it makes things create the other two are just teaching us how the process works the Eifin we understand how it happens but what's making it actually happen is the power of the and yes fine he planted into earth uh, nutrients that doesn't change anything just like the same thing look a woman uh, her mother has ability to, to bear a child and carry in her womb so fine, of course, you're going to start study the womb. You'll see it has all the elements necessary, your uterus. But who, who gave them what woman that power? That's Kayach HaTzameach. That's Kayach HaAtzmos. That's, that's all that's relevant here. So Kayach HaTzameach is basically the divine power that gives the power to, to give birth to things. Now the process, how that takes place, the Eifin 
of that yeshmayan. The oifen, so the, the geshem of the the, the, the the tangible matter comes from the seed, from the root of the containers. The personality comes from the mazel, the sweetness, and so on. So it works. Everything works. I don't see any problem here. The question is, like you said, the first time it happened, God did it. Now we can also do. Now we can plant seeds. But that doesn't change the process. That's just a question of how, uh, you know. It seems like now there's four partners in creation. What you're saying only adds, actually, makes it even nicer. Well, you're saying didn't God didn't just put a kayak tebeach atmos into the earth? He also did it in a way with nut- that you can re- you can relate to it. It's fine. That's 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 fine. It just adds. It doesn't change. It doesn't make God's power less. It just means that God's power manifested more. But I okay. still don't know how the is how the physicality of this actual physical seed and then the physical dirt uh, with the nutrients and the nutrients, how that came from a spiritual source. That that still hasn't been answered here, has it? Isn't that the what we when we refer to Yeshmiyan, are we talking about physicality and spirituality ultimately how that process works? No, we weren't the discussion here was not just Yeshmayan. The discussion here was how something from a, comes from a, a shapeless situation that's beyond structure into a structure. That was the discussion here. There's one element of it that's Yeshmayan, there's one element that's Gilead Helen. So, the Yeshmaayan is mostly on the is on the is on the tangible substance elements. Yeah. Which I would argue still I don't know, argue. Because, but it's I, not the, what's 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 hold on, hold on. You need you need a seed to interact with earth, called earth's nutrients, yes. for it to create something. <coughs> but who gave who gave the seed and and the earth the power? To create, they don't have it on their own. That has to come a keichet semeach. So then, how do you ever twist it? It's God gave this power. I mean, it's like saying, "What are you, what are you saying?" Because science has rules, that's why no. no one. Who put the first bag of gas there? You right. always get back to that. No, but I'm still, how does that? What? What? I don't know what I believe. I understand. What I just said to you was before like this. What I said, he said here, that if you don't bring a seed into the picture, yes. it's definitely far more miraculous, right? Because what happens is like this. Uh, there's no seeds. Boom. But boom, suddenly a- these are apple trees and orange Did trees. Did you just say that that happens with weeds or something? That from the grow- from the co-op it's, uh, it's a man- itself? Can yeah. give no, but God put those seeds in. Because he, he planted such seeds. Fine. But uh, but but if it was if there was no seeds involved, then all you'd have is essentially a kayachet semer that just gives birth. The personality comes from the mazel. So you, that's why it's sweet or this. But what? But what really? What distinguishes one? What makes them uh, into tangible elements? She's saying so. It begins with a uh, seed. You're adding. It also begins with the nutrients in the earth. Fine, that's not a problem. The nutrients of the earth are nourishers. But the nutrients of the earth are nourishers. They're not creators. And I don't know what what's missing here. What, what I'm saying is that all what are you trying to say? You have a, you have a point to make? I think so. What's your point? To, I have no idea what your point. It's is. a complicated stuff. But no, but what are you what are you, what, what are you trying to establish that's not been said? That's what I'm, I'm not clear. What I'm trying to say is that these distinctions that are being made between the the, the, the seed, the kohatzameach, and, and its personality to a biologist today. Could be what point? No, no. Spell out what point has been made that would be a problem for a biologist. I'm not sure what point. There was nothing all said of, here. All of it is reducible to a physical, 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 physicality. 
That's what I'm trying to say. I don't see the 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 wondrous miraculous thing to a biologist. Well, by the way, first of all, a sweet my friend. You're talking to yourself. This is you're speaking to the wrong address. This Maima didn't come to speak about Yeshmai. I thought you started by saying our no. whole discussion today was a, no, no. The, the, was the greatest example of Yeshmai in this pair. The, the the science of how it happens. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the science of how it happens. And the I process of how it happens. It hasn't, but, that, but he's not coming to explain Yeshmai in here. He's not discussing that. That's a given. <coughs> but you you know you you're, you're saying the classic thing that science has an explanation for the world without God. Yes. Is that what you're asking me? Yes. I don't see how. What is that? Show. This is not. This is not. This doesn't come to prove God's existence. No, never, never. No, no, no. You weren't here when you were here. No, no. I, I, you're telling me what I said. So the so the, you heard what you wanted to hear. Nobody else heard that. No, no. I I'm I'm sitting here. If I wasn't here, you could ask them. I'm here. So either you misunderstood me, or I uh, or, or I misspoke. So you'll determine which one. But, but it's definitely not what I wanted to say. Because Yeshma'ayin is a given. That God created the universe. Chassidus does not come to explain the proof of God's existence. Let's just get that clear. You're never going to find a mimer that discusses that. It's Bereshit's Bar Lakim. There's no question that God put this world into place. Chassidus speaks how he put it into place. Is it with a logic or not a logic? So I spoke the science of how he put it into place. Not the science of God. That does Achsidus doesn't speak about that. That actually is not Achsidus' approach to things, because there's no. You don't want to believe in a god. Fine. So you could say I begin my science from the first ball of gas, and I don't care how that gas came here. What you're telling me is that once there's a ball of gas, like you know the classic joke with the scientist who says to God, "We don't need a god. I can do whatever you did." He said, "Okay, go ahead, create something." So he says, "You know, it's a trees." He says, "Good." He takes some earth and he starts planting. He says, "God says to him, use your own earth." Ah. You heard what I just said. Use your own earth. Ah. Well, you're telling me science has understand how earth does it. But not that they, they understand that the, the, what made earth do it. The point is like this. We're not discussing. There's, the word science of Yeshmayan is not the science of prove Yeshmayan. It's the science of how it works once you know it exists. That's what I'm discussing here. That's what he's discussing here. The process of once that God is behind the scene doing it all is a given. If you don't want to accept that, there's nothing you can really say. I agree. Can I ask no, so hold on. Do you, do you, you follow the yes or no? Now, once you have that, then begins a process. There's the keichet semeach. There's the seed. There's the the, the mazel, and the whole thing with eris and kalim. But it's all a divine power that's that's uh, flowing through it all. And I have no problem with the keichet semeach being that in the earth there are nutrients. That's how God did it. He put nutrients in. Fine. That also makes sense. And the sweetness coming from muzzle, which is so scientists will say he doesn't need that. He'll right. say it's he coming it come from uh, sweet molecular molecules that gives a certain. No, no, he'll say no. He'll say the seed has sweetness in and it. And the ground and nutrients. No, the, from, from the previous seed, from the previous apple. They ask him, what about the first one? Who put sweetness in the first one? He doesn't go there. It's like you know what the turtle is standing on. They don't talk about that. They, they, they talk about an elephant on top of the turtle and a turtle on top of an elephant. But who's like, you know, the, the Chelem story. The guy comes into the, the big cities. He sees for the first time a train, a locomotive, a, a, you know, an engine. And he says, comes back to his time. He says, unbelievable. I see cars moving and there's no horse pulling them. Because it's done everything. So they said, how does it happen? He says, there's a car behind it pushing it. He says, so who's pushing the second car? He says, a third car is pushing the second car. And what about the fourth? Back and forth, back and forth. Finally to the last car. 
They say, what about the last car? He said, that's a technicality. I forgot to ask. You know, who's pushing the last car? I understand. Once it's working, look, all science shows is that God created a system that makes sense. That's all science really does. That the system is not uh, irrational. Except for quantum, which they haven't made yet. Fine, but that also has a, a, a poetry to it. They haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, but it's not irrational. It's just not based on the rules of logic that we're used to. It's very quantum mechanics is very is very poetic, by the way. But it's not random. You think well, it's chaos? Quantum mechanics is not chaos. chaos. Theory. <laughs> but even chaos theory is not chaos. 